This podcast is created and produced by The Space Company on Wadawurrung Country. We pay our respects to Elders, past and present, and acknowledge all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening. Hello there and welcome to the Storymakers Institute. Conversations, analysis and big ideas with those who create the world's stories. Not only just to understand how stories are made, but perhaps more importantly, their impact on us and the world around us. A fascinating lineup of guests awaiting you. Some folks you'll know, others you'll soon come to know, whose work spans across journalism, performing and visual arts, comedy, documentary, music and so much more, all working in the medium of story. Firstly, a special welcome to members of our Substack community, many of you first joining us during the Storymakers Institute day-long digital summit on storymaking a couple of years back. So thanks so much for sticking around. And if you'd like to subscribe for free and join the community of like-minded folk here to save the world one story at a time, all you need to do is head to the storymakersinstitute.substack.com, click subscribe, and you're done. You'll receive podcast episodes and written posts via a handy email that will drop into your inbox whenever a new episode of the Storymakers Institute arrives. So that website again, thestorymakersinstitute.substack.com. And I look forward to having you as part of this community. We begin the series today with Mark Deans. Now, he's one of the ensemble members in one of the most renowned theatre companies in the world, Back to Back Theatre. Mark's joined by Back to Back Theatre's artistic director, Bruce Gladwin, in this conversation about where big ideas for stories come from. Stories which, in the context of Back to Back Theatre, eventually make their way onto the world's most prestigious stages. This is the Storymakers Institute with Joel Carnegie. Mark, do you want to take the mic and tell us a little bit about yourself? Hello. I am Mark Green. For Korea Quiro. Oh. And here we are today at Back to Back Theatre in this beautiful space. What have you been? What have you been doing this morning? I am okay. People are coming. Watch show. Back to Back Theatre show. People people are coming. Sure. Working on the new show. <clears throat> yep. What's the new show about? Is there something you can say about the new show yet? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I can I can appreciate you wanting to be all all top secret about this because it's uh, it's uh, I I think you're working on something new. Um, Bruce, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, I'm Bruce Gladwin. I'm the artistic director at Back to Back Theatre and a, a long long term colleague of Mark Dean's. <laughs> And tell us a bit about this space, where we are, what we're, uh, what we're doing. Well, we're sitting in uh, what's called the back-to-back studio and was once, uh, well, it's built on the uh, footprint of the old Geelong police station lock-up cells uh, at the back of the police station on um, Police Lane, just off Little Mallop Street in Geelong. And uh, so it's got a kind of fairly seedy past, but now is like a large black box, eight-metre-high ceiling 
rehearsal space, which is really possibly the best rehearsal space I've ever worked in my life. There's, you know, a history with um, arts companies often getting placed in, uh, you know, judicial system <laughs> or legal system um, architecture. Previously, we've been at the old Geelong Jail and we were at the old courthouse and we got this space now at the back of the police station. Yeah, there's something kind of like, uh, you know, curious about about that. Oh, we'll just shove the arts wherever they can fit, you know, <laughs> wherever there's a spare spot. Yeah, I think it's like some sort of um, filtering of, you know, past histories of difficult, you know, histories of, you know, painful places and somehow the arts come in and um, turn it into something else. Yeah, maybe it's a good place for story making, uh, you know. Do you think that that past somehow kind of, infiltrates you know the experience that you have when you're working and creating creating in this space or have you been able to kind of paper it over so much over so many years of of working as a as a company as a theatre company to uh, kind of remedy the the ghosts of the past uh look you know I don't I don't think we're super conscious of it actually the history too much and um you know ultimately you want a space where people can sit down and communicate with each other and you know if you're making work of scale to be able to you know, test that to some degree. So we're really fortunate to have quite a large space. But, you know, we've made quite large works as well in very small, cramped spaces as well. So it's always, it's always a possibility, and that's what you're looking for. And so what are we doing today? What's the, uh, what's the plan of attack? Well, the company, most of the companies on tour in the UK at the moment and opened in London last week and now has travelled to Brighton. And uh, Mark and myself are here, and Mark is working on creating an animation, and uh, which will be, we're not sure what, what it'll be used for yet, but um, we're working with Mark to create the kind of foundation for the drawings, and then working with Rian Hinckley as an animator to kind of bring them to life. Oh, fantastic. Mark, what do you like about this this process you're doing at the moment looks like there's some drawings you've got happening happening here. What's what's going on here? Summer. Scott. This is really an experiment which will have an outcome, I imagine, in maybe a year or two years' time to what we're not sure. It might be used as a small um, promotion for the company or an you know, end of financial year campaign or, um, or uh, you know, we're also making a doco at the moment uh, which might f- form a part of the documentary. Yeah. Okay. So lots of, different, lots of different users potentially for, for this idea. And I suppose that's kind of part of the process of of story making maybe you know I'd love to hear thoughts on on this both of you in terms of where you know where where do good ideas come from where do they where do they start from where do good ideas for stories come from yeah well um that is a good question I'm not I'm not really quite sure um but what we what we tend to do is just collect a lot so um when we're making a new work or um developing a new project we're we're just kind of collecting a bank of ideas and the first part of our dramaturgy process is really just to collect a huge list and um, sometimes they're kind of thematically related or it's around research that we're um, working on or it's just experimentation in form so you know this um, animation project is really an exploration of 
the form of mark drawing as the kind of principal, you know, um, drawing style of this work. Um, so where it, lend, it lends itself to, it's not clear yet. But, um, but you know, we just kind of build this huge list of ideas and we don't worry too much about how they relate to each other. And I guess that's the second part of the kind of dramaturgical process is that there's a point where we kind of go, all right, now what, how can we kind of build um, connection between two things that were thought to be unlike? Or, um, and, and we start drawing, you know, relationships between these ideas that we've collected and building ideas for scenes or, um, you know, character arcs or, you know, nar- narrative journey. Um, so it's quite organic and, you know, we're, I guess what unusual is a... a, a theatre company and one is that we devise work so there's no central author and all the actors and myself and other collaborators are also co-authors of the work um, and what we don't do is we don't kind of write something and then cast it and you know we start with the, what is fundamentally the cast who are the writing team and then create the work around them so often we might be working on a particular thematic, but we're also dealing with what people bring into the rehearsal room on, on any given day and someone might come in and have had an experience with, you know, how they got to work that day that, you know, kind of goes, there's something interesting in that. <laughs> Tell us more about that. And so it's really kind of open to, I guess, a lot of free association. Mm. Um, and, and I think we try and create a real fluidity for that environment where anything can potentially be... Um, a kind of commentary on what we're doing or kind of related and um, we'll try, try and delve into that as much as possible. And Mark, where, where do you think you, you get your ideas from? Oh, I watch... I watch... Back... Go back... Back... I one of the things Mark's saying there is he started listing shows that we've made and in in many ways there's questions raised in that we've created in a previous work that we're trying to that we're trying to answer those questions in the next work and so um, it's a kind of ongoing investigation across a body of work and it's also I think one of the defining things for our company that maybe sets us apart from other uh, theatre makers is that you know we're one of the few companies in well at least Australia that has a kind of full-time ensemble and so um, part of the job of, of being an artistic director in that context is going how do you keep it alive for everyone <laughs> and so Mark's been with the company for 30 years and um, so and he's got a, a palette of um, assets that he can bring into play but the thing is we don't want him to bring the same assets into play all the time so it's kind of going all right in this next show maybe Mark's never done this what about if we do that and so there's a lot of responsibility in terms of kind of finding something that is going to extend the performers uh, as well as being you know a great story or a, you know a, a really interesting theatrical form it's there's 
often though what we end up with has come we've come to it through curating individual kind of professional development for the actors within the work are there overarching themes that you tend to come up time and time again or do you do find yourself kind of moving into different spaces well, in terms of form, I think we've been on a very long-term investigation about the relationship between the actor and the architectural structure in which the work is presented. There's a lot of kind of, you know, very particular conventions about what people think an actor is and it's based on, you know, someone standing on stage and arching their back and throwing their voice to the back of the auditorium. And these are, you know, really valid skills that, you know, someone would have to go to drama school and learn voice projection for four years to do it. But None of our actors have done that, or Sarah's had some tertiary training. Um, uh, but most most of the actors that we work with uh, haven't come from your traditional training. And so we uh, have then kind of thought about how do we support those actors, and we work with, um, you know, the actors radio mic'd, and then once you radio mic people, then you can pitch their voices down an octave, and there's all this kind of creative... Um, territory that you can go to um, through that initial kind of intervention of support. Um, And in terms of story and thematic, I think there's definitely uh, themes around the idea of, um, I guess, I describe it as kind of machinations of power, (laughs) but power structures and um, that kind of permeate society. um, And there's a strong kind of theme around care mm. and responsibility, you know, individual responsibi- responsibility and collective responsibility. Mm. On that individual and collective experience, do you find yourself um, in situations where there are lots of ideas on the table and you have to kind of choose and then how how do you choose your ideas, Mark? Do you, do you have... Do you have to fight for your ideas in the ensemble or or are or people very happy to kind of accept accept the ideas? Look at Osby and Dolphin. Do you want to add to that? Well, Mark's going through a number of shows. He talked about then Freak Show, which was a collaboration with Circus Oz that the company did in the um, mid-90s for uh, Melbourne International Festival. And he's talking about Theatre of Speed, which is a community group we work with every Wednesday, which is like an experimental lab. So we're in a very fortunate situation. When we have ideas, we can test them out. Um, or work with new artists and, you know, that they can come and test ideas with us uh, in a more of a, a workshop environment than kind of going, well, com- a commissioning environment. How all those shows relate to each other is really interesting, you know, and the pathways that the actors take through the company. Um, and Mark has, you know, has this incredible career where he's collaborated with Leon you know, at large uh, Entities like Circus Oz or, you know, Arena Theatre Company or, you know, Melbourne Workers Theatre and but also had the opportunity to make these very kind of intimate shows and, you know, large shows with the company like Soft and uh, Ganesh versus the Third Reich where they're kind of small ensemble pieces that have, you know, had very 
long touring lives. And, um, you know, and there's something about, you know, our business model is t- to work in repertoire, which is, again, this kind of old mode that <laughs> hardly anyone does. But, um, but what's been great about it is that you get to see your own work over and over again. And then and that's, that, there's a real value in that. And it sparks thoughts about what else could we do. And, you know, and that, that, that discussion, I guess it's a bit like a, a band that's touring and doing a, a kind of certain repertoire. And in between that, you're kind of writing songs or... Um, it feels very much in that vein where we're kind of constantly thinking and conceiving about what the next thing is. Yeah. Mm. There was some discussion at some point about Mark making a show about, about golf. And you are a, a bit of a whiz on the mini golf course, I have to say. Yeah. I, I guess, you know, inspiration can strike anywhere, right? Even on the mini golf course about a, about a show. And I guess that's kind of the, the fun of making and devising in the way in which you do is being able to sort of go all right let's let's work with that let's see where where we can take this and I was just reminded of just coming off the back of the big tour status and the mission and um and you know every show we were like oh this is different why don't we change this and it felt mm. like every time we did the show even on the very very last show we completely changed something mm. and whether that was just to keep ourselves amused or you know whether there was some real dramatic you know dramaturgical value and I think there was of, mm. of making the change but even after many many months of being on the road there was still something we were like oh why don't we try that instead and mm. see what happens well I think that's what the, the amazing thing about theatre is that you can do that you know and I, I feel like sometimes we've made shows and they just land and we never change them like the, the script just stays fixed uh, and there's an, other shows we make that go oh it's just still not right it's still not right and we just keep honing it and honing it and that's the fortunate you know we're in a fortunate situation where we've got multiple seasons ahead of us and we can do that and the show that we've got currently on tour in the uk the shadow whose prey the hunter becomes when we we first did that at um we went across to sundance theater lab in and working in mass mocha with a whole lot of other companies you know kind of hot house environment and we're you know, we've got dramaturgs in the room, they're giving us feedback. And we first did that show there, a, a reading of that as a three-hander. We came back to Australia, it went to a six-hander, then it went, we did, premiered it as a five-hander, then it's done a four-hander, and now it's back to three. And uh, last night in um, Brighton in the UK, one of the actors, Sarah Manwaring, we weren't, she was really quite sick and we weren't quite sure if... Um, if she was going to be able to do the show. So I knocked out a two-hander version of the script, which I just, you know... Uh, you know, I, it's, it's... In some ways, when things go wrong and you're just kind of forced into a, you know, uh, a situation where you go, how, how can we make it work? It's, you know, it thrusts you into different directions too, which it really has a value. And sometimes that's about you have an idea of what the show will be and the concept and somehow the parameters tighten. It might be around budget or opportunity of where you to present it and it makes you really, you know, have to shift your whole thinking on the show. Because ultimately what you want to do is get the show on. And so um, but that, that can be really useful, those parameters, you know, tightening or shifting. One of the, you know, one of the big transitions I guess you've made is moving from theatre into, into film. How has that shift been in terms of translating either story from an original format into a film version or have you really tried to avoid um, kind of remounting a theatre show into a digital form because of, you know, the, the two forms being quite different? Yeah, look, it's, we've, we've done both. We're, so we've we made it, uh, 
a pilot called Oddlands, which was completely from the ground up. And we also uh, adapted The Shadow Whose Predator Hunter Becomes into a film called Shadow. And that, uh, you know, presents how you hold an audience on screen is very different to how you hold an audience on in theatre. So in theatre, you're dealing with liveness. Um, you know, we've, had, we've made shows where Sarah has taken maybe eight minutes to get a microphone, a live microphone into a, li- a mic stand. And that is highly engaging, watching her do that, you know. But you just can't do that on film. Or you can, but it just kind of becomes documentary and it becomes something else. So with screen, what we've learnt is, you know, you kind of have to build anticipation and one scene has to kind of build a desire from the audience to want to watch the next one. And so... Uh, and I think a lot of that we're still learning. Uh, we're working on another um, play script at the moment that we're turning into a film. And, um, you know, in some ways I think it's easier just to engineer it from the ground up with, <laughs> without the pre-existing knowledge of what the theatre show is. But also, too, there's all this incredibly rich material and kind of um, knowledge that the actors hold in muscle memory of what, what that show is. Uh, that, that is a real asset for the screen project as well. And recently you have won the extraordinarily prestigious International Ibsen Award. Um, this is the sort of highest honours you can kind of get in, in, in theatre. And if you were kind going to look back over over 30 years of, of making, it must be deeply satisfying for you. Yeah, look, um, I'm the fourth artistic director at the company. And so when, when I first came in contact, the company was as an audience member and I... I just thought it was the the work was extraordinary, and to be able to work with a company has been a real pleasure, and to be able to do that and develop collaborations over such a long period of time, working with Mark and the other ensemble members, and you know the larger pool of collaborating artists is a, is a pleasure. And what's been amazing about the whole ride with the Ibsen Award is it's like finding yourself that you've won a horse race that you never knew you entered. <laughs> so that's kind of like the best horse race to win, and. Um, and, you know, it feels incredibly flattering and uh, a real pr- privilege to have this international jury kind of just talk about your work, you know. So when they let us know that they won, they kind of brought the jury in and and they could all talk, you know, someone's from Russia, someone's from Sweden, someone's from the UK and they're all talking about the body of the company's work and... Um, and they've all got these experiences and that just, I think post-COVID, where we've all been isolated, just to be reconnected with international audience members and just, I don't know, that just was incredibly moving to have people talk about the work in that context. Yeah. What do you reckon, Mark? I don't know. So, oh. Mark uh, was, you know, remembering some of the titles of some of the shows that he's been in 
which is, you know, it's a considerable um, CV. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've been a formidable part of this company for, for, for so long. So, you know, congratulations to you. Well, we're getting a hug as well. <laughs> congratulations to you, Mark. And uh, oh, two thumbs up. I reckon that's pretty great. <laughs> oh, and, a, and a hug for Bruce as well. Oh, Thanks, that's man. lovely. Well, thank you both for, for joining us today on the Storymakers Institute. I think with a hug, what more can you say? It's <laughs> a good way to finish. <laughs> the Storymakers Institute is produced by the Space Company on Wadawurrung Country. Post-production by Dom Evans. Share an episode with your mates on the socials. Leave us a review on your favourite podcast app or tell us what you'd like to hear about or who you'd like to hear from at thestorymakersinstitute at gmail.com. I'm Joel Carnegie. I'll catch you next time.